bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast. Another time to talk about cycling with Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, look, mate. Yeah. You, you threw this at me. You said, <laughs> I need you to get in here. Luckily, my wife had got home with her electric bike. I've juiced up the, the software on it. So I'm, I've flown down Swanson Street. I'm actually worried I might have a speeding ticket, but I'm here <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Uh, speeding ticket. Uh, someone could have a speeding ticket up the Mur de Ré, and we'll talk about him, a oh, lot yeah. about him, and a lot about her as well. There could be two speeding tickets. Absolutely, yeah. two speeding tickets. But uh, let's start with the Pog, uh, the Pogmeister, Pogacar. Uh, the Pogmeister? The Pogmeister. I, like I thought no, Pogmeister. Pog I, I came out with it. I thought, oh, can, can no. this become uh, oh. a bit of a trend? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Tadej Pogacar. We said it every time, but... What other words than incredible can we use? It's hard. We're running out of um, superlatives, aren't we? To to sort of, you know, in amazement of how good he is. Uh, I was listening to some of the other commentary um, the other night as well, and just their Did thoughts. You? Like, mm, I okay. know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we're all we're all friends in this in this cycling bubble, aren't we? And it was interesting. They were the same. They were yeah. just like in amazement. And this was actually post Amstel because let's remind everyone he, he won Amstel Gold Race as well. So did Demi Vollering. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the POG now, I've said it before, I think maybe in our previous pod or at least you and I in just in chatting, you know, when was the last time a, a, a recent winner of the Tour de France won Flanders? Because they're completely two different bike races, yeah. as we know. But in, in terms of, um, you know, attributes that an athlete needs. It was Merckx, mm. and the only other one, which you pointed out, was Louis Zombobin. Yeah, we're talking Frenchman in, in the way, 40s way back. or something. <laughs> so that in itself is history. But now he's gone on and won Amstel. Yep. He's gone on and won La Flèche, and now the all that remains for him to do the triple in the Ardennes is Liège, based on Liège. How, how special would a triple in the Ardennes be? We, 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 well, the late... I'm pretty sure Davide Rebelin. Okay. He, he, did he do the triple or did he just used to do the double? And, and you know, it's 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 nice to celebrate Rebelin in this. Manner. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, tragically, we we lost him. You know, still fairly recently. Um, but yeah, it is. But especially for someone that is in this era, it's in this era, and ultimately. I was going to say inverted comma because that's not true. Is defining every, is redefining everything else, but is built for Grand Tours. Yeah, this is what is, is it came about on the world of cycling with the Grand Tours. Yeah, and you know, there's only a few people really. You know, one person who could maybe give a good description of this, and I, I might ask him this next time he's in in the comms box. Simon Gerrans. Mm -hmm. You know, Simon won uh, Liège, of course. He came close at Amstel Gold. He was the Ardennes were his specialty. Uh, he, he gave Flesh a big shake a couple of times. Valverde won Liège, of course. He won it a couple of times or a few times. And in one of those years, he obviously won Flesh because he, he dominated that. But he never won the three. Simon never won the three. Yeah. And they were at the top of their game. And that, at one point, both of those riders, Simon and Valverde, were the number one, you know, one day riders in the world, you can argue. But the POG is reshaping the history books. Uh, in, in men's cycling, he's reshaping it single-handedly. And it is something that we all need to sit and pause and appreciate what we're, what we're witnessing. And also what's interesting to think about is, is probably on Sunday, one of the last time we will see him before the Tour de France. Yes. Uh, I guess... Uh, yeah, he'll, really... he'll do Tour of Slovenia probably yeah. pre-TDF, which isn't a big, big race. But you're right. In terms of monuments, in terms of big races, 
this he'll he'll have a bit of a break after this. And, yeah. Um, so before we talk about uh, uh, Demi Vollering, because uh, we can pretty much copycat what we just oh, said for Pogacar to Demi Vollering, amazing rider o yeah. over the last few weeks. Uh, let's talk about uh, Liege Baston Liege that is happening. Uh, he's ahead of us uh, over this weekend. Uh, there's one guy that is coming though. And you know I like him a lot. It's Remco Evenepoel. Well, yes, we all yes. like him, don't uh, we? We both have a jersey signed, mm. by the way. By yes, <laughs> Remco yes, Evenepoel. Yes. I, I haven't got any bites on eBay yet. Like maybe <laughs> I need to bad. drop the price. Or... <laughs> I, I get the guy who's a signed jersey from Remco. I'm Jake Remco. I love you. You know, Belgium's got a special place in my heart. <laughs> but, but Remco, uh, can he really change the course of history as we speak? In, in yeah, in, in can making, he? Can Can he stop Tadej Bogacar? Of course he can. If, look, if there's one guy that's capable at the moment. We know, uh, well, actually, I'd say I know. I'm presuming Matthew Van Apol is not doing Liège. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd say I d definitely he won't be. I'd, but Wout Van Aert, I yeah. doubt he's doing it. But I'm not sure. Tom, Tom Peacock, maybe? Can Peacock do something? Or, or yeah, but look at, the way, the... look at the way Pog dismantled him at Amstel. Yeah. Um, so to me, and that's shorter, you know, Liège is a lot more climbing and it's got that extra distance of about 50-odd kilometres. So I would... I would argue that really at the moment, the only one who can stop him is Remco. And what a battle it's going to be. Yeah, this is this um, is this is why I would say to anyone that loves cycling, and I guess if you're listening to this podcast, it's not for the nice color of your eyes, Maka, it's probably for uh, <laughs> the love of the cycling and the love mm. of the sport. You probably know, but I'm just gonna reinforce this. Liege Baston Liege, this weekend on SBS, men and women, they both are gonna be incredible racing, incredible cycling, because there's a lot of lot of story history to be written. Well, it's the oldest it's the oldest bike race in the world, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, Liège. It's it's been around so it's long. La, la Doyenne. Yeah, La Doyenne. It's you know that those famous images of Bernardino in the snow. Mm -hmm. I think riding for Renault back in the day, winning. Um, of course, our very own Simon Gerrans. We're all you know super chuffed. He's the only Australian to win Liège, and he's only one of a handful, as we know, mm -hmm. of as Aussie riders to win monuments, one of the five monuments. Yep. So it's got some special, you know, and of course we should mention, obviously, Spratty, but also Grace Brown, you know, a second place. Yeah. And she was on her way to mowing down Lizzie Dynan uh, in that edition. It was, you know, and, and I hope uh, yeah. we can see Grace that, Brown that's up a few, there. That's a few years back, but yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, it is. It's got great history. It's a different race. It's a different monument to all of them. More more climbing, I think, than any of the other monuments, which is pretty obvious when you compare it to, say, Roubaix or Milan-San Remo. But someone like, uh, and this is where I think uh, Tadej Pogacar may have uh, uh, one up on, on someone like Remco in Vonopol, even though we know and we read it that Remco is coming from altitude, so that mm. always helps uh, a lot. But uh, someone like uh, Pogacar, if you look at high rides, there's only one chink in the armor. It's when it's a very long, dragging climb. Uh, the punchy, punching climb, like the Mur de Huy, like yeah. something that is happening at, at Liège as well, is something that is more suited for someone like him, don't you think? For, sorry, Remco or no, Pogacar? Pogacar. Pogacar. Uh, Liège? Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, look, we, we, we say that the long dragging climbs, and you're right, mm. but we're, we're nitpicking, aren't we? Because there's just only a, one guy that drops him, <laughs> and that was Vingago, and only, you know, on that one occasion. Only once. Yeah, yeah only once. He actually only dropped him once. That was it. <laughs> um, but no, it is. I, I can't help but think Remco, as good as he is, and the altitude training, everything, 
Pog's got the race. He's got the really hardened classic race days, race time in the legs. Remco hasn't because he's, he hasn't raced any yeah. of these. How, how much of a difference could this make? You, you as the well, normally, well, normally you would say, oh, it'll, it'll make a difference. Pog will be a little bit tired. You know, Flesh's last night, uh, mm-hmm. Liège's Sunday. That you've only got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but. His recovery is better than anyone so else's in the peloton. Lactic and anything he knows it's how to gone. shed it. It's, it's gone. It's gone. It's it was probably gone when he stepped on the bus. That's the <laughs> yeah, that's the reality. I've I've heard this. He saw that beer. He got. I've heard, well, I've heard this urban myth about well, urban myth. It's a story, and maybe I'm slightly embellishing it. But it, it's a podcast with his coach and a good friend of mine who was a former pro as well. Listened to it, and his coach said along the lines of, "We've never." seen I've never come across anyone who has the ability to excrete like the lactic acid to excrete it from his body and improve and have his and and have one of the quickest recoveries he said I've never seen it in another athlete mm-hmm. so fast he said this there is something special about um Pogacha and so I this is always rings in my head you know just what he's doing now and you're saying oh gee you know if it was someone else do, do you know forever and I, I'm going to say it again because I've said it before in this podcast but forever Maka I will link you to Pogacar yes, and I will link you know I don't, maybe you don't know, I've, I've said this maybe about you but uh, uh, at the Vuelta when Tadej uh, oh. did his first World Day and I think he won two stages yeah, or three and stages second and stuff. or third overall uh, yeah. second or third overall I remember you I was watching his uh, secret in my bed uh, and you guys were saying we are witnessing something special here. Yeah. This guy can win everything. You said it. He was 20 years old yeah. then, I think, or 21. You, I remember yeah. you vividly saying, this guy here, don't make any mistakes. We saw people coming in and out of the of the sport, but yeah. this guy is here to stay and he can win everything. And yeah. how right were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. And it's, um, no, no, it's, it is. When you see someone at the age of 21 doing what they were doing and, the, what what struck me with that Vuelta, by the way, you know, yes, 21-year-olds win stages of Grand Tours. Be, because on that Vuelta, sorry to interrupt, we could have been blurred away by Jack Haig, because Jack Haig was doing well as well yeah. at the Vuelta. Yeah. And as commentators, we could have just got blindsided and say, yeah. look at the Australian, this is what yeah. we're winning. But yeah. look at, I'm not saying anything bad about Jack Haig, because he's actually doing quite well in the Tour of the Alps. Yeah. But uh, look at where Pogacar is. Yeah. And, and what what was really striking with that, normally a 21-year-old, they might be good in the first two weeks and they'll fade in a grand tour. Yeah. You know, it's just natural. That, but they, they get better each year. You know, they improve their maturity, their strength. Pogacar got better in the third week at the age of 21 and he started to push Roglic. He was pushing Roglic all the way to the line um, and challenging him. And that's what was really striking was like, mm-hmm. whoa, this kid... This kid, because he was—he yeah, was a kid. He still is, but he, he still was. is. He—he's flipping the tables on on what normally happens with with these young riders, men or women, you know, yeah. when they're developing themselves in a in a one week, two week stage race. Yeah, it's and now we're witnessing it, and he's going to be a hard man, no matter what. Come what may, the mm-hmm. July is going to be yeah. an unbelievable month. Can you see? You probably can't see on my face. Uh, whoever is listening to this podcast, I cannot wait for the Tour de France. I mm. can physically not wait for the tour. Mm. There's a lot of racing before. There's the Dauphiné. Uh, there's a lot of racing still. Of course, there's a Giro. There's a Giro just around the still, corner. Still, yes. still to be delivered. Yes. Uh, all this on SBS. But come on, like Tour de France. I just can't wait. I just, my God, I just, I just can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, Let, let's talk about Demi Volon. Yeah, let's if, get on if, to uh, If we can, because uh, like I said earlier on in this, in this uh, recording, 
everything we just said for Pogacar, pretty much we can copy copy and paste for well, Demi Vollering, pretty well, much. Well, just about, and we can, you know what? Yeah, I, let's roll them out. Yeah, if I, 2023 classic season for Demi Vollering. Let's start at the very beginning. And this possibly is her best victory because yeah. because of the reasons I'll explain quickly. Strata Bianca got the better of her teammate, Lotta Kopecky. Remember, they sprinted uh, we, in. Yeah, and they had in, a few words. Yeah, they had a few words, yeah. Dwarsdorf Vlaanderen, she was first. Ronda van Vlaanderen, she was second. Okay, she didn't win Flanders, but she was second. Second in Brabant's appeal. First at Amstel Gold Race, first at La Flèche Wallonne. I'm not sure there's been a female yeah. that has dominated like this in a long, long... Okay, of course, Annemiek van Vleuten, her mm -hmm. dominance is sort of different and very strategic. The Grand Tours, uh, the World Championships, she's the current world champ. But just in a classic season like this, whoa, I'm not sure we've yeah. seen... And, and just as, as a side comment, I saw on Twitter uh, people commentating saying Demi Vollering is doing a Pogacar. But if you just want to be pedantic, uh, Pogacar is doing a Demi Vollering because mm. all the women's race are before. So uh -huh. <laughs> just yes. to be technically... Yeah, technically, there you but, I'll give you that one. But uh, the, the, the parallel is quite striking because the uh, we keep on saying this, but it's, it's not... You know, just us being superlatives, the history has been rewritten yeah, everywhere yeah. in the sport at the yeah, minute. It is, it is. And we've, we've, we've said it in the last few months, we've said it in the last couple of years, really, let's be honest. This is a good time to be commentating yeah. the sport. You know, we, we, we are seeing, you know, probably it started, I guess, with Van der Poel and Van Aert. You know, that they, they just jumped from the cross season yeah. into the road and mm -hmm. suddenly just started winning. Who are they? Like, and, who are they? <laughs> yeah, who are these guys, you know? And, and, and so it started with that and it's just continued on. What I love about Demi Vollering's dominance at the moment is we're going to see a fantastic women's TDF. Yeah, absolutely. We're, you know, Van Vluten won it. Can we argue she won it by country mile? She won yeah, it easily Yeah, I was going to say fair and square. Fair by, and square. Uh, she absolutely. won it. She was a league above everyone. Well, that I'm just not so that, sure that's going to happen this year. That planche de Belfi was made for uh, yeah, Van Vluten. Of though. course. But Vollering, imagine what it's doing to her confidence. Remember, she was second yeah. last year. Mm -hmm. So she now is the outright challenger to Van Vluten as they edge closer to TDF and actually as they edge towards La Vuelta Femenina, which is yeah. just around the corner, actually. It's earlier this year. Normally, it's it's around the Vuelta. Uh, the, the, yeah, he changed his name as well. Yeah. Because yeah, he so, was a Certizit uh, I like challenge. I it's earlier. Yeah, me too. A and Crystal standalone, it's, it's, days have increased. Yeah. It's a proper tour. And uh, 1st of May to 7th of May, of course, it will be on SBS as well. Mm. And uh, that would be a, a, such yeah, a great race. We have multiple have. monitors happening. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be calling the Giro. <laughs> we'll have a monitor going in the corner. The, the thing with Demi Vollering as well, let's remind ourselves of one thing. Who's in the car with her? You know, is Van der Breggen. Van der Breggen. And yeah. Van der Breggen has a palmares, like the, the pedigree of Van der Breggen is yeah. immense. She retired, she's retired last year, mm. but the legacy is now transmitted to another Dutch Ooh, woman, yeah. Vollering. Yeah, Do yeah, you, Would yeah. you agree? Oh, totally, totally. And when you've got, you know, when you've got that, because let's face it, a lot of these races, well, a lot of the races, a lot of them have been around for a while. Some races in the women's mm -hmm. peloton are just, they're fairly new, like Paris Roubaix. Now, Vollering didn't do Roubaix, but as an example. So they're still learning these races, the parkours, etc. So when you've got, yes, okay, Van der Breggen, it means she didn't race some of these races either, but the experience that she's got, the you know, the experience to say to Demi or any of her riders, no, 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 don't attack yet. I know you're excited. Just cool jets. Wait, 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 wait. But okay, it, now go. Typically, we saw this at Amstel. Uh, the force the SD Works had, they 
it was cycling 101. It was cycling book. They, mm. they attacked and attacked exactly the way they did mm. and the way they should have done. And they just completely destroyed the field. Yeah. And and that team is, is very dominant in a, in a women's cycling at the minute. Yeah, they are. Um, you just you just sort of jotted my memory. I just want to talk about Grace Brown for a yeah. second and I want to talk about Amstel Gold mm-hmm. race. I thought she had a great race. Um, she did. She attacked. She attacked. She attacked before the climb, the, the, the Cowberg at the end, and then she, she was still ahead on the Cowberg. She, she finished sixth. She still finished sixth. Yeah. Now, it was probably a tactic by the team. I'd have, I would have loved to have seen Grace. She was not the protected rider. She, she, yeah. She, I don't think she was. A no, well, rider. she had a, she played her card. Now, whether yeah. or not that was the team instruction to say we want you to attack, but she just dangled at twenty seconds, and we, yeah. we sort of know when someone attacks men or women in that race at Amstel Gold in that last six kilometres before the Cowberg, they generally always get caught. They, they never stay away. I would have loved to have seen her. Yeah. Wait, 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 patient, 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 because her sixth placing proved that she actually could have been right there. But I, the think, I think the problem, she has maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but she's not necessarily the leader in this team. No, uh, no. And, she's and a, she could she, do so much better. Yeah, she so she's got a, look, she's, she's getting her opportunities, no doubt. I'm sure she's leader on some occasions, and I'm presuming mm-hmm. that she wasn't a leader, she wasn't the outright leader that day. So it's not a criticism. It's more an observation of, yep. you know, what actually unfolded. But the fact that she still finished sixth, like that is a brilliant ride for the big attack that she did. Um, yeah, and I, I hope I hope she's a more protected rider in, on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even it's funny because even though she's finished second at Liège previously, Grace, I feel races like Amstel um, and Flanders are more suited to her. Um, so, but anyway, it's yeah. it's uh, look, mm-hmm. it's 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 great that we got Aussie women uh, up there fighting for for. And if know, we if we said it's big kudos to Amanda Spratt as well because mm. seeing her back at the front of the field, yeah. animating the race a bit, she didn't win, mm. but she was really animated. She's the one that uh, lit up the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was a way solo for twenty odd k. She played a team role, and Spratty, you know, yeah. she said it sort of in her in her social post afterwards, and. She seems like she's really loving what well, she is. She said it. She's loving the way the team races, the tactics, et cetera. And it's, it's all new and fresh for her. And again, it was, you know, it's, I'm happy for her that she, she's, you know, tried another team after Green Edge because, you yeah, know, to, she... to do a whole career at one team, you know, it's, it's huge kudos. And if she had have done that, but you never know what you might, yeah. what else you may have achieved. And and even if she doesn't get any big results, she's going to experience this whole new team environment. Which Same think, goes for Grace Brown. Yeah, yeah, totally. I could bring this debate uh, back to Alaphilippe because by contract I need to talk about Alaphilippe. <laughs> Should <laughs> he leave contract? the team? <laughs> His contract, the contract you wrote to yourself. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a personal contract. Oh, uh, joke aside, should he leave, uh, just as a side way, should he leave the team? Should he move elsewhere? He's, he's lost his mojo How a little bit. How old is he? How old is Alaphilippe? 30... Find out while we're chatting. Yeah, okay. The, and I'll answer your question. It's a good question and maybe it is time. Maybe it is time for him to leave. It's He's had huge success with them. But if he leaves, mm-hmm. he also needs to go to a team where he is the outright leader at, at you know. He's 30 his years particular, old. He's 30. Yeah, he's I thought he was a bit older. Yeah. 1990, yeah, he's going to be 31. He's 31 this year. So, look, you could you can argue based on these results that his best is behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, normally we say, oh, 33, 34, but the rules have changed in professional cycling. 
in in recent years. We've seen that. So, so if he leaves, yeah. uh, please tell me he needs to avoid total energy because that's sort of the direction. Oh, that was the that term that... I thought he'd go. No. Do, do you think so? Like, no, can, no, he can, needs, to, he be, he needs no. to be non-French. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great, Greenwich? Yeah, I was going to say. I'm real biased, but wouldn't it be great, Jaco? Jaco, you know, yeah. now whether or not they could or want to afford him, because he, his asking price would still be, mm-hmm. geez, I don't know, it would be in the $2 million, well, of, he, I would think. He's got the rainbow collar. Uh, yeah, they bring with him this. Yeah, so expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, he needs to go to another team, and it shouldn't be a French team, and it's got to be a team that's going to back him in. And are you, are you telling me we agree yeah, on Alain Philippe? And, and <laughs> hey, I'll go a step further, and you're like this. I mean, even in the current climate with the Pog and Vingago, mm-hmm. etc., I'd love to see him just give one big crack at the Tour de France. But it needs to happen in the next two years. Yeah. And if not the Tour de France, can he give a big crack one day? Uh, that's just a personal question. Mm. Uh, Giro of Vuelta. Is it something oh, that is probably more well, suited to him? One of the grand tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you pigeonhole them and say it's not possible. Why isn't it possible? Yeah, exactly. He, 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 came, close, he came close to winning the tour. You know, yes, he capitulated. You changed, my guy. I like it, but you changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my work no, is, no, why not? It's working. It's you working. Know, <laughs> the, the rules have changed in the sport. So. Uh, let's talk about what's ahead of us. So, uh, Volta Feminina, as well, like we just said, yes. is, is ahead of us. Looking but there's a, uh, absolutely. So, I will just remind the dates. It's first of May to the seventh of May. So, it's coming uh, uh, very, very, very soon on SBS. Uh, Dauphiné, we're time to Dauphiné, which is always the antichamber of the Tour de France. You start when the Dauphiné is around the corner. Yeah, you know it's. it's so it's a month, it's a month after. It's, yeah, it's a month after. It's in June, but it's also going to be on SBS. So yep. that's, that's one of the schedule. Uh, but in between, we've got the Giro d'Italia that's going to be on SBS as well. I'm not going to ask you for prediction of the Giro d'Italia. We will talk about the Giro d'Italia further in a podcast mm-hmm. uh, closer to the date. But just where you stand now here, um, Remco Giro. Well, it's his big. It's his big target. But there's a few other challenges definitely going there and. What we know is the Giro will deliver. Yeah. It always delivers. And it delivers something unique in its own special way. So we're going not to see Not just that. a three-legged dog. Yeah. You know? Yeah, not just the, yeah. It could be a three-legged dog. It could be a two-legged dog. <laughs> you know, if you're wondering what we're talking about there, let's three-legged dog that ran up the finish line as the rider was, uh, the Englishman was winning the stage of the yeah. Giro. Well, First stage ever in a Grand Tour and he got out-sprinted by a <laughs> three-legged <laughs> dog. It was a chihuahua too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Giro is always fantastic. It's yeah. ahead of us, so there's a lot of cycling ahead of us. Uh, before we go uh, towards the end of this podcast, but Tour of the Alps, it's on at the minute. Mm. It's always a great tour as well to understand where people are. And Jack Haig is doing quite well. Yeah, he's, he's building. Jack Haig's building. This is really good and you know, we want to see him in. Um, we want to see him in good shape. I think he's going to the Giro this year. So, yeah, fingers crossed that Jack keeps building this form, and he could be a challenger at the Giro. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Micah, for joining us. Thank you. This was the uh, SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, of course, sbs.com/sport. Uh, until next time, it's bye for now, and tune in for all the cycling coming up on SBS and SBS on demand. À bientôt.